What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms. Like I said, it's also available on YouTube. It's the only daily Trailblazers podcast, so why don't you make it part of your daily routine and listen to it every single day as your very first listen. In today's show, we are continuing our countdown to tip-off. This is the ninth installment of the Lockdown Blazers countdown to tip-off, where we're running through every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Trailblazers. We'll look at how they performed last season how they wound up on the Trailblazers, we'll talk best and worst case scenarios, and then we'll finish the episode with a discussion of expectations and likely role with the Blazers. This is the ninth installment of the uh, of the countdown, like I said, so check your feed if you've missed any of them and you can catch up however you're listening to this podcast. There are more of these waiting for you. We're going to get through every one before the regular season starts. Today, we're getting bouncy, talking Keon Johnson and Justice Winslow. Let's start with Keon. The 21st pick in the 2021 NBA draft was never really part of the plan with his first NBA team on the LA Clippers. He appeared in just 15 of the Clippers' first 54 games prior to getting traded, and he never played more than 18 minutes. In fact, he never played more than 17 minutes and 13 seconds. Never got that 14th second when he was a member of the Clippers. He just wasn't part of the plan. He was one of the youngest players in the NBA when he was drafted. Uh, This was a team that was good and deep and had aspirations, at least for the most part, when Paul George was healthy of like, you know, making a deep playoff run and getting Kawhi Leonard back and, 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 you know, having the best season in franchise history. It didn't work out that way, but still with a log jam of folks in front of him and a team that had had playoff aspirations, Keon was just never and believably not part of the plan. But he got a change of scenery uh, about a week before the trade deadline when he was traded to the Portland Trailblazers in the deal that included Robert Covington and Norman Powell going to the Clippers in exchange for uh, Keon and with the other guy we're talking about today, Justice Winslow. Keon, when he showed up in Portland, still not part of the plan. Uh, He was a raw rookie looking for, you know, needing more seasoning, more sharpening of his skills. So it wasn't that big of a surprise that when the Blazers still had vets healthy and ahead of him in the roster, ahead of him in in sort of the pecking order, that he wasn't playing in Portland. He, He... did not appear in any of the seven games prior to the All-Star break where he was on the roster. But then things shifted. Uh, The Blazers started shutting folks down. They entered uh, the post-All-Star break season as a team looking to get players like Keon Johnson, youngsters like Keon Johnson, playing time. And he appeared in 22 of the final 23 games of the regular season, missing just one game at Brooklyn during that stretch. And with the Blazers, Keon Johnson averaged 9.7 points. 2.7 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and played 25 and a half minutes a night. Shot 35.7% from the floor, including 34.8% from three and 83.3%, excuse me, from the free throw line. In those 22 games he played, he scored in double figures 10 times, including a career-high 20 points at San Antonio on April 1st. Keon was still not uh, the... Still not like the feature part of the offense at any point, but there were flashes that he was special. He had moments where his athleticism, the man who jumped 48 inches at the NBA Combine, looked like, 
oh yeah, not too many folks can do this. And there were nights where, you know, he had 20 points against San Antonio, and then the next night he had 19. He had seven threes in those games, four in one and three in the other. Like, he had nights where his his shooting really was there, his playmaking flashes, like average, you know, um, almost three assists a game. And there were moments when the playmaking really, really stuck for him. But he was still obviously a work in progress. So he went to summer league with with the Blazers as young players do, and he averaged 14.8 points, then 3.8 boards and two assists in Vegas, 25 points in, in the Blazers' semifinal game to get to the finals. He was actually averaging north of 15, but had a kind of a quiet championship game as the Blazers brought home the summer league trophy. And since then, since summer league and beyond, heaps and heaps and heaps of praise from his coaches and teammates for Keon Johnson. He is the one... He is the young player getting hype on this roster. Damian Lord said that no one on the team has made a bigger jump from last season to this season than Keon Johnson at Media Day. Now, some of that is that Keon had a had more ground to make up maybe than some other young players on the roster. But regardless, Johnson has, uh, you know, he came in as a project and he looks now as to be someone who his teammates are impressed with the with the improvement he's made. When you draft a guy at 19 in the league, this is what you want. He might not be ready to go, you know, he's, a, you know, a, a pick in the 20s for a teenager is probably not ready to go in year one. That's the plan, but he's entering year two. There's a lot more hype around what Keon could potentially be from, you know, Chauncey Billups mentioned him as well, and, and Damian Lillard mentioned him as well. Keon is taking steps in the right direction for now. Justice Winslow, how'd he get here? Well, he started right there with Keon Johnson on the Los Angeles Clippers, playing in 37 of the uh, 54 games he was on the Clippers roster last season, but sparingly, didn't didn't play that much, only averaged 13 and a half minutes a game with with the Clips, and and he had nine DMPCDs. Like he had a couple, um, he had a couple handful of games in there where he just didn't play because he wasn't healthy. Eight games we didn't play there because because he wasn't healthy, but nine DMPCDs. That's did not play coach's decision. That means he was healthy wearing a jersey, and did not hear his name called. He just wasn't part of the plan. Uh, again, same deal as Keon, except that Justin Winslow's a veteran. That's why he was playing in 37 of those games. But again, a, a, a team with depth at those spots, a team with... Um, a team with other options, uh, Justice Winslow was not part of not part of the Clippers' regular, regular rotation. And when he was, he played relatively sparingly. But when he got to Portland, he was part of the plan right away. Appeared in seven games immediately after the trade, where he averaged 12.3 points, 6.6 boards, 3.1 assists, and 1.6 steals in 30 minutes. That included the best stretch of the Blazers' season, um, in which they won four straight games heading into the All-Star break. And Justice Winslow had 13-10 and four assists at Milwaukee, and then 16-7 and at Memphis as the Blazers won their two best road games of the season heading into the All-Star break. When the Blazers were at their absolute best this season, Justice Winslow was on the court playing 30 minutes a night. He was part of the... There was a one stretch when it was fun, and Justice Winslow was such a big part of that fun stretch. But coming out of the All-Star break, Justice Winslow appeared in just four games for the remainder of the season, four of the final 23 games from there on out. He missed time with what the team termed Achilles soreness and then a calf inflammation. And, uh, you know, I think some of those are real, right? Like he wasn't, they didn't, he wasn't part of like the super big shutdown, but he was a veteran who could play, who pretty clearly wasn't, um, there was no reason to rush him back, right? Like they were doing something else. So uh, I think I have maybe questioned the validity of some of the other injuries. I don't think this was necessarily the case with Justice Winslow. I think this was cautionary. He was sitting down when the team was still, um, you know, before the team had totally, totally kind of gone the way of youth and gone the way of making sure they lose. Uh, But 
So in all, all told, Justin Winslow played in just 11 games for the Blazers, including 10 starts. He averaged 10.7 points, 6.3 boards, 2.9 assists, and 1.3 steals in 26.8 minutes a night. And now he comes back. Him and Keon are both back. So what does the best case scenario look like for these gentlemen? What does the worst case scenario look like for Keon and Justice? That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whatever that might be. You're going to find it on Bet Online, but particularly this time of year, it's football season. The NFL all Sunday long, college football Saturday long, lines, props, odds in-game betting, pre-game betting, parlays, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it on all things football. So head on over to betonline.net. Go take advantage today. Have some fun. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's talk best and worst case scenarios for Justice Winslow and for Keon Johnson. What's the best case scenario for Keon Johnson? Oh, I didn't do my caveat here. I'm getting ahead of myself in my script. I didn't do my caveat here. These are best case scenarios within reason and worst case scenarios without injury. So we're talking realistic best case scenarios, something that's reasonable based on their role and what you know who, who their teammates are, who their coworkers are, and without injury. We're talking about what happens on the court. So what's the best case scenario for Keon Johnson? It's that he makes things tricky because he has to play. The best case scenario for Keon Johnson is that the the Blazers' small ball plan gets even smaller because if they look down the end of the bench, there is someone who absolutely has to be part of the plan, and it's Keon Johnson. The best case scenario is that the heaps of praise that Keon has received in training camp, carry or prior to training camp, carry over into training camp. He has a wonderful week in Santa Barbara. He continues to dominate or at least look darn good, too good to sit when we get to the preseason. And by the time the regular season comes around, Keon Johnson is part of the rotation because he has to be the best case for for scenario for Keon Johnson is that the young player that you're excited about come December 1st is not Shaden Sharp, but it's the guy who was drafted a year ahead of him also as a teenager, also as a first round pick and it's Keon. Why I say he makes the small best case scenario makes the small ball things more complicated is because the Blazers already have a bunch of guards. They have Dame, they have Henry Simons, they, they have Gary Payton, they have Josh Hart, who's going to play at least probably some minutes at the two. That means Keon, who is not, who is more point guard size than, than small forward size, to be sure, would complicate that and make Josh Hart play exclusively minutes at forward and Gary Payton play a ton of minutes at small forward because... He is so darn good that you have to, a team that's already going to go small has to go smaller because Keon deserves it. The best case scenario is that the decision-making that sort of held Keon back at times, he's he's seen enough basketball and had enough reps at the NBA level that he tightens it up. It's the two-point shooting that was holding him, that was he's really struggled with uh, in his first year is, is no longer an issue and that the athleticism pops and pops when you watch it and that his budding playmaking skills take a step forward and that his three-point shooting skills, which is already trending towards league average, continue to take a step forward and Keon Johnson is an above-average shooter and above-average playmaker and a super elite athlete. The best case scenario is you have to play Keon because he's too good to sit. The worst case scenario is that he watches... The worst case scenario is that he spends another year as in a developmental role on a team with guards ahead of him on the roster that I've already mentioned. Keon jo- the worst case scenario is that Keon Johnson can't crack the rotation. He can't jump ahead of the veterans that were signed or, or traded for last season in order to be part of a bolstered backcourt, a renewed, retooled roster. The worst case scenario is that 
There is a young guy who gets playing time on the roster. There is a 19-year-old who came into the league, but it's this year's 19-year-old. It's Shaden Sharp. When the Blazers are looking to find developmental minutes for a young guy who plays, it's Sharp who gets the call and not Keon Johnson. The worst-case scenario is that Keon Johnson's second year looks a lot like his first year, where he spends the majority of his time on a team with playoff aspirations not playing and that the only time he does get minutes are in blowout situations, injury situations, or when the team has decided to go another direction and more developmental. The worst case scenario, to be sure, for Keon Johnson is not that bad of a scenario. If he can't crack the rotation, it speaks to as much about sort of Keon's situation with, you know, with with what the roster is as it does to... Keon's overall skill like his situation is that he plays on a team with Anthony Simons and Damian Lord they're going to play 35 minutes a night Josh Hart's going to play a lot of minutes Gary Payton wasn't brought here to play to not play um, the worst case scenario is that Keon Johnson is just it's in some ways just a victim of his circumstance and that he has to spend another year sharpening his skills the worst case scenario is that that comes to a fruition because the player who shot 26% on two-pointers last year still isn't a good decision maker, takes too many bad mid-range shots, and doesn't use his athleticism to get to the rim in ways where he can score efficiently, and that it's the three-point shooting where he was slightly below average, stays there, and he's a slightly below average shooter, a slightly below average shooter, and a non-decision, and a kind of poor decision maker, a guy who just turned 20 in March, turns 20, will turn 21 when the calendar year flips. The worst case scenario is just not ready. It's not that big of a deal. The worst case scenario is what happens to young players is that they need time to get better. What's the best case scenario for Justice Winslow? It's that he's the starting small forward by a few weeks into the season and then holds on to it. At training at media day, Chauncey Billups mentioned that the starting small forward spot is up for grabs. With two names you know, Nazir Little and Josh Hart, and then another name that probably none of us had assumed prior to that day, and that is Justice Winslow. And the best case scenario is that wasn't just smoke. It's that Justice Winslow's defensive versatility, his ball handling, his playmaking, his strength is a perfect complement to the starting lineup, and the Blazers need him to play, and so he gets in there, and he is a you know 20-some-minute-a-night starter on a team that pushes towards the playoffs. The best-case scenario is that the Justice Winslow, who showed up as a versatile little bit of point guard, little bit of center, six-foot-six anomaly his second season in, in Miami— is back again, and that that player who shot really well on corner threes made things hell on the on uh, offensive players as a great backline help defender and was a wonderful playmaker out of pick and rolls shows up in Portland. And while he might have not have the same usage rate as he did in year two in Miami, he's the same type of just absolute. Uh, Swiss Army knife is the term that I'm looking for here who can do a little bit of everything in a in a package that doesn't scream I'm a point guard and I'm a center but he does everything what his position ends up being basketball player he ends up starting at small forward but he plays because he's so darn good you have to get him on the court the best case scenario for Justice Winslow is that he's not the eighth guy the veteran that can help out this team with defensive versatility but he is so much more than that he's just too darn good to sit What's the worst case scenario for Justice Winslow? Well, it's that while he has those skills, his lack of shooting and spacing on the wing makes him a difficult fit, so he can't possibly be a starter, and that he ends up being a low-minute back-end-of-the-rotation player because on a team that's going to play 
a handful of other guys who can't shoot. Not like a bunch, but Gary Payton's lack of shooting and Yusuf Nurkic's lack of shooting means that you're going to have more options where you need more floor spacers to complement guys that don't want to shoot. Peyton is a slightly below average three-point shooter who really killed it from the corners, but doesn't shoot many above the break threes and doesn't shoot much off the dribble. Yusuf Nurkic is a guy who will shoot, but shouldn't shoot three-pointers. And if you add another player in there, that might complicate a, a second unit or or a just a mismatched combo first subunit that makes things difficult. The worst case scenario for Justice Winslow is that he doesn't graduate past eighth man. He's pretty much locked into that role, spoiler for the third segment, but the worst case scenario is that he doesn't tease up to uh, to maybe, oh, he could start at small forward. Oh, maybe he's an option ahead of Nazir Little. Oh, maybe he's a better choice playing power backup power forward. Oh, maybe they can go super small because he's a center. The worst case scenario is that Justice Winslow is merely a low teens minute option, a guy who can play a, a little bit of both forward spots and offers a intriguing skill set, but not what the Blazers necessarily need. And that it means more minutes for Nas, more minutes for Josh Hart, more minutes for Jeremy Grant at center because Justice Winslow, who was supposed to be the Swiss Army knife, is instead just a guy who can help but not exactly the answer to all the problems. I don't think there's a worst case scenario where Justice Winslow is fully out of the rotation just because you look at the Blazers roster and what they're going to be. But I think there's a worst case scenario when he has a real cap on his minutes because of how much he can provide. And it really, to me, sticks on the offensive end. If he is a non-shooter, which he largely has been, not only a bad shooter, but someone who won't take threes because he has been a a well below average three-point shooter, it gums up the offense. And that issue might put a cap on his minutes. The worst case scenario is that he just can't play as often as you'd like. And when he seems like he could be another option, he distinguishes himself as not quite the answer. Those are the polls. What I want to do to close the show is talk realistic role and expectations for both of these guys. That's what we'll do in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. What we do in the second segment of these player previews is set the polls. What is the high-end outcome? The high-end outcome is Justin Winslow's a starter. What's the low-end outcome? That he can't be more than a 16-minute-a-night guy. The whole point of setting the poll, setting the parameters, is to find the middle. And that's what we do in these uh, in the third segment, is kind of figure out where the pendulum is going to, to swing. Is it going to lean more worst case or lean more best case? Everyone is supposed to land in the middle. That's the whole exercise. Let's find the middle for both of these gentlemen, shall we? Okay, uh, the... The my realistic role for ex, and expectations for Keon Johnson is that he doesn't play right away. Uh, there just isn't room for him, as I mentioned in 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 the second segment. Like they just have other guys who can play ahead of him, and and not even like in a not even in a detrimental way to Keon Johnson. I just think he's on the outside of the rotation from day one because of Ant and because of Dame and because of Josh Hart and because of Gary Payton. Uh, and, and I think, you know, he's 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 much more one and two than anything else. He, it's really hard to see him playing any real minutes at the three. And because of the Damon Amphrey situation, it's hard to see one of them. Like, they can't slide up and play there. You just can't. There's just a limit to how small you can play. So he'd have to play bench minutes. Uh, if they're going to try to squeeze in a developmental guy, it seems like Shaden Sharp is like, he's the dude who's going to be Kobe Bryant, right? So like you want to find out what you have with him as opposed to, to Keon, who is like an intriguing, maybe like long-term starter in the league. Maybe even like, you know, he his athleticism, when it pops, it pops loudly, right? Like it's like, 
he's he's the type of athlete in a league full of athletes where he can do something that no one else can on the court. The, the Blazers have two of those with him and Azir Little, where it's just like, and, and I think Shaden Sharp eventually will see it from him. I just haven't seen it yet, but in theory, right? Like where it's like, oh, in, in on a on a court filled with the best athletes in the world, this dude is a cut above. Like this is the elite of the elites, and and Keon has those moments. Um, so so I I do think he can be an NBA player in the future. I was probably pretty out on Keon last year, but I would say, um, judging from what the Blazers have said about him and some some other my friends who work in the league have have been impressed with him and. Uh, and just the the improvement he made, he looked like much more of a basketball player in summer league than he did as a rookie. I think he could play. It's just I don't think he could play on this team the way it's currently constructed. Um, I don't think that's a big deal, but I just think he's outside the rotation looking in from night one because where does he fit? It's not necessarily a slight against him. It's just a reality of the team. I mentioned this in the second segment, but for Justice Winslow, his role is going to be forward off the bench. I know Chauncey Billups teased that he could start at small forward, but I don't believe that. Um, uh, I talked about it yesterday on my on the show with Orlando Sanchez of KGW. Make sure you check that out if you haven't. It was a really good conversation. But like what Chauncey Billups was saying in in to my eyes, and I think uh, Orlando pointed this out, it's like when he says like Justice Winslow could start. What he means is like Justice Winslow is one of our good players. He absolutely has an opportunity to continue to be so. I think Winslow is definitely in the rotation on night one. I think he's like a 16 to 19 minute a night guy off the bench. Um, I, I don't think he plays in closing lineups. I think he might play a bunch of power forward when they go small. And he's he's totally capable of that. Um, pretty good rebounder, really strong, can play, you know, can play up against big wings. Um, there's some matchups where that, where that wouldn't be good, but against, you know, most of the league, that's fine. Um, he's definitely more four than two. Um, he's probably, he's probably more point guard and and uh, center than he is shooting guard. It's like, but he can play pretty much any any position with um, any position with with for the most part uh, that that they ask him to at least in small doses. But I think he's a I think he is your eighth man. I think he's behind GP in terms of minutes. That's Gary Payton the second. I think he's behind Josh Hart in terms of minutes. But he's guaranteed for me a night one contributor, regular contributor for the first for as long as uh, for as long as the Blazers have. Uh, the roster that they do, Justice Winslow is part of the plan, absolutely. There's no one in the back half of the roster that I think can hop over him. The question with both of these guys is um, is more about fit with their coworkers as opposed to their skill set. Like, I like Justice Winslow as, as a player. Like, he's a really intriguing and fun player, but he's like, he's not a great fit playing next to a non-shooting center like Nurk, and the Blazers don't really have a shooting center. He's not really a two, so you need to have him play like three, four with shooters around him, which really is sort of the Blazers' starting lineup. You would like him in there. Um, he's better with the ball in his hands than not. He's better on a team that plays faster than not. Like, he's good in the open, better in the open court than he is in the half court that's like that to me screams f crazy fast second unit I think that's where he's at and like his limitations are in some way just like he plays he'll play better when Damon and, and Nurk aren't on the court um, that's just sort of the reality of it. For Keon, it's just like there's no spot for him. Uh, there's no spot for him. It, it, it's just, it, it is what it is on the roster. Also, like, he's 20. 
guys take time to mature in the league. It's just, it's, it's sort of the reality of it. Uh, Keon, I'm intrigued with Justice Winslow. If he can stay healthy, he's an, M he's a good NBA player. Uh, I know this is without injuries, but like the reality of his career is that he just hasn't been healthy. The, the back stuff and then other things related to, you know, a bad back injury with knee and ankle and, and then like calf and Achilles stuff that, that made him miss time last year. It's like, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy for an extended period of time. If he's healthy for, you know, 70 games, I think he's going to be really good and like re revive a career that was really promising a few years ago. Second year in Miami, Justice Winslow was like a budding star type of player. Like he was that good. He just hasn't been healthy since then. And he's, you know, he's now, he, you know, he, a, t a playoff level team decided to get rid of him for other upgrades that play similar positions to him. Uh, so like, this is a chance for him to get right. And yeah, I'm, I'm legitimately hoping that Justice Winslow does. Keon, like I just... It'd be nice if he could get on the court because you could see what more he has, but it's hard to imagine a healthy Blazers roster getting him on the court. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, the Blazers play a couple preseason games Monday night and Tuesday night, so that means Tuesday and Wednesday show. We'll recap those games and talk about what we've seen from the early preseason games. They play in, in Seattle on Monday. That'll be a fun one against the Clips. I don't think it's on TV anywhere, um, so TBD on how we will view that one, but... Uh, We'll figure it out. Either we'll listen to the radio or we uh, will rely on the reporters who are in the gym to figure it out. But Tuesday, they're back in the Moda Center. They play the Jazz. I will be in the arena. Should be a whole bunch of fun. Don't make sure uh, make sure you listen to those shows. We'll also continue our player previews. Like I said at the beginning of this one, these are this is the uh, the ninth one of these these do we've done. These are players nine and ten. We're going to go through all fourteen on the roster. We'll talk two way spots. Uh, so we're this is like a great jumping off point. If you're new to the podcast and you're listening this deep into the show, thanks. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, if you are just like hopping back on board because the season like started in earnest this week, go back and check your feeds and check out all the player previews that we've done on Shane Sharp and Jeremy Grant and Amphrey Simons, Josh Hart, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have some fun ones waiting your feed. It's a good way to get prepped for the season. Good way to kind of find out where I stand on some of your favorite players on the roster. And if you are recommending this to a friend, I think for me, these player previews are a really good place to start. There's a whole playlist, um, a playlist of them on YouTube if you want to listen to them all at once. Binge them one day or uh, they're waiting in your podcast feed wherever you get podcasts. Make the show your first listen every day. Five days a week, your only daily trailblazers podcast. Make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd is the best in the business, so go listen to his show and win your fantasy league. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.